a beautiful day. I am Cherie Hardy and welcome to Avant-Garde Book Storytime. Today I will continue reading M.C. Higgins the Great, written by Virginia Hamilton in 1974. If you have this book, you can read along silently with me. If you don't, it's quite okay. Try to get in a very comfortable place, get relaxed, and listen quietly to M.C. Higgins the Great. Love the way it turned its dark roundness always to the sun. Spoil would just fill up the backyard. M.C. struggled over car bodies and dragged himself up his pole. His arm flexed too tight. He could feel them hurting as they trembled and jumped. Finally, he pulled himself up on the bicycle seat. In a moment, he swept the pole out in its long, delicate arc. Bend my pole so it won't ever straighten out again. The hills rushed to meet him. A sudden gust of wind made the trees moan before it died. The pole swayed and bowed in an arc of light. It'll hit the house, but we'll be long gone, will we? His stomach turned over as the sky rolled down. We don't want to go. We have to. With the thought, his strength returned as mysteriously as it had left him. His arms didn't shake as he held them straight out from his sides. He pedaled with all his might as James Lewis made his way with agonizing slowness down to the outcropping. MC tested his strength with a pole trick. He let his feet dangle off the pedals. Gingerly, he grabbed hold of the bicycle seat, one hand in front and one in back. He lifted his body up with with the strength of his arms and extended his legs out on either side of the pole. It was difficult in an awkward position. He would have liked to pull his legs back in a shaky handstand, fall and snap my neck in two. He held the position for about five seconds, then he sat again. The dude came into the yard behind MC. You're some kind of acrobat, he yelled up at MC. And that sure is some kind of pole. He made his way over the junk cars to crumble finally at the foot of the steel pole. James Lewis sat, breathing hard for a time, as if he would never get enough air. Again, he shouted up to MC, I've seen poles like it before on a beach down in Florida, but I never have seen a one that could move by pedaling it. His breath broke again, and he had to rest. MC slid down the pole. Sound rises with the heat, MC told him. Don't need to shout. Pulse beats jumped into Lewis's neck. His mouth was set in a grim line. Worn out, he looked older than he had seen up on the mountaintop. Where'd you ever find a pole like that? Lewis asked, finally mopping his brow with a wet handkerchief. Never even found it, MC said. My daddy gave it to me for swimming the river. Ohio River, Lewis asked. Yes, sir, MC said. You are a swimmer then, Lewis said. I'm a hunter too, MC told him. A hunter and a swimmer and a pole setter. What else can you do, Lewis asked. I can do about anything, MC said simply. But what I need is someone to carry the other end of my pole. Where are you planning to take it, Lewis said. He folded his handkerchief and stuffed it in his shirt pocket. Well, MC said, he glanced significantly 
at the tape recorder on the dude's shoulder, like to take it with me in case we have to move. He waited for Lewis to tell him they would travel once Lewis had taken his mother's voice. Lewis looked up the mountain toward the spoiled heap. Grimly, he smiled and nodded. You won't be able to take that pole, son. It's too heavy. And anyway, you might have to move real quick. I can't leave it, MC spoke eagerly. Now that he knew that the dude intended them to leave, Lewis frowned, staring up Sarah's final slope. To leave a place, he said gently, you'd best leave everything behind, all your possessions, including memory. Traveling's not as easy as it's made out to be. See, look at my poor old boots. He laughed and held up his trouser leg so MC could take a good look at the ruin caused by travel. But for me, it's worth it all to discover voices like the kind your mother is said to have. Would you call her out here, son, so I can speak to her? Did you think she was home, MC said. He blew out his breath, ashamed he hadn't thought to tell the dude before. She works and won't be home until darkness. The dude's face fell. All that walk for nothing, MC thought to say. Oh, now, it's not your fault, Lewis said. It just took, I just took for granted that she'd be here, and that was my mistake. She'll be here by darkness. You can stay and wait if you want. Think I'll go around and see some others. Some pit camp people. Pugup scene? Sure, MC said. In the West Plateau. I do like to make first contact, Lewis said. And then I can just come back here around evening time. Sure, MC said again. Mom will be here by dark. Can she really sing the way folks like to say? She can sing, MC said, like nobody else. He looked longingly at the tape recorder. Lewis followed his gaze. You want to see it, he said. Sure, MC said. Well, here then. Lewis took it off his shoulder. Just take it out of the case and lay it on your lap. I've got some banjo playing that I like to listen to and some group singing on it right now, I think. And you know where I got it? MC put the case on the ground and the recorder on his lap. He touched the machine lightly here and there, but he said nothing. I got it in Cleveland. Cleveland, of all places, the dude said. Some briar shop, some hill people just moved there. There are thousands of them have moved up from Kentucky. And you know what? What, MC said, the word barely out of his mouth, when the dude went on anyway and without a pause. They don't only bring their instruments, the banjos and the guitars, they bring all their hounds, their kettles and boards from their barns, boards. The dude's eyes lit up suddenly through a film of fatigue, and every weekend thousands of them just pile into these cars without windshield wipers or without hardly enough gas. Oh, I don't mean to say some of them don't have new second-hand cars, but the majority, thousands of them, they get on the interstate in anything metal, racked up from Detroit. Am I boring you, son? MC said, Lewis said to MC. No, MC had time to shape the word before the dude plunged ahead. And they head for home over the border, right across there. Lewis gestured beyond the Ohio River. 
where distant mountains loomed. They kind of slow out the Interstate 60. We lose a few there in about 60, about 16 spectacular highway deaths between Friday, 4.30 p.m. and seven minutes after midnight on Saturday. A portion of them never make it back to that dreamland they love so much, but had to leave. The one they can't wait to get back to when the plant or mill or factory closes on Friday because they get caught up in the turnoffs every time, the dude said. He shrugged. I don't know where they end up, but maybe they roam the interstates forever, growing their gardens on the shoulders of the road. He laughed uproariously at the picture. MC stared at him, awestruck for a moment. He had one finger on a gray key of the recorder, and his mind attempted to grasp the will of thousands to leave home and go back again and again. But he managed to press the key. Soon music came and singing. It sounded distant and muffled, not at all like he had thought. After a time, MC said, I've seen smaller ones, maybe a little heavier. The stores in Harrington have them. Smiling, James Lewis watched him, leaning forward. The dude clutched his soiled pant, pant legs at the knees. His face was puffy now with tiredness. He swallowed often. You'll never get the way my mama sounds with this, MC told him. Just an idea of the voice is what I want, Lewis was quick to say. I'll get that much if she'll let me. When I have that, I'll have something to work with. MC smiled from ear to ear, going to sell Mama to a record company, he thought. He could see her in a long gown covered with sunflowers in a coat of white fur. He felt so good all of a sudden. He wanted to shout loud and long, and he joined in with the music by clapping his hands. The dude wasn't smiling. He stared at MC, his eyes unreadable. They flicked away from MC as his hand came up, shaking to his throat. A frown spread over his face as he tried to swallow. Pain. Water, Lewis said hoarsely. Could I please have some water right away? MC jumped up. He set the tape recorder on the ground and climbed up on the car trunk. Before he jumped down, caught a glimpse of the river and then the surf with the lake. The kids were all right. Squinting, he could see they were lying on the shore, drying darker and darker in the sun. MC went inside the house. A moment later, he was back with a pitcher of cold water out of the ice box. Lewis took up his canteen and MC filled it. Here, he said to the dude, now just a little. I had that pitcher right next to what little pieces of ice is left. It's awful cold. All right, I'm going to stop here, boys and girls, at page 46. I will stop here and continue reading. This is M.C. Higgins the Great, written by Virginia Hamilton. Have a wonderful day. Take care.